Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Join Pastor Harold Noyes of Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont, and Pastor Timothy Golden of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, as they bring the light and life of God's Word to current situations and experiences. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Harold Noyes and Timothy Golden. Well, once again, we want to thank you so much for tuning into Heartline Ministry. It is a ministry where we take the Word of God and we use it and apply it to our hearts because that is where God really is interested in. You know, he's so interested in making our heart his home, and that's what what he wants to do. We have been in the 119th Psalm now for 20 weeks. This is the 21st week. Uh, Next week will be the last week of this psalm. And, Tim, we have seen a progression. At least I have kind of looked at it as, as a progression that the psalmist makes as he writes each of these stanzas, these, you know, stanzas of eight verses, you know, and there's 22 stanzas in it. And today, Tim, we're going to be looking at the progression of knowing that you can have peace in the time of trouble, in the midst of trouble. And and I just want to take a moment and, and say that, you know, we just had a, a horrific tragedy in the state of Texas yesterday mm-hmm. where that last count, um, 19 children um, were slaughtered, uh, two adults was, were killed uh, by a mad person. And, you know, to, to really be able to pray and ask these families to have God's peace in the midst of probably what I would consider the worst of horrific tragedies. Mm-hmm. Um, and know that, you know, something they can have despite, mm-hmm. you know, um, being a parent, a grandparent, a great-grandparent, um, you know, my big fear, you know, would be, is something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yet I know that my God, our God, can give us that peace. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this portion of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing that too many times in the from pulpits or across the airwaves uh, through well-meaning Christian teachers. We get this impression almost that just because you walk with God or because you love God that somehow you're not going to suffer horrific circumstances is is so far removed from what Scripture tells us. In fact, if anything, um, Scripture tells us quite the contrary. Uh, Be sure of this, you will have trials and tribulations. Yeah. You know, we, we read about in the New Testament, and Christ had mentioned, you know, you're going to take up your cross, you're going to follow me. That doesn't sound pleasant to me. You know, but the fact that we can have a level of security, as you said, that level of peace, that, that sense of stability amidst the storm, right. you know, you still live through the storm. You still see the waves. You still feel the wind. All that still comes against you. But the fact that you can stay rooted in the midst of all that is something that only God can do. Um, But it really involves us uh, relinquishing some of our own self. It's relinquishing the way we choose to look at some of the circumstances and actually learning to trust God at a much deeper level in order for us to be able to have that. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion because it's where the rubber meets the road. And and there's not a one of us that doesn't go through these hard times. And so we take real great joy in knowing this. The psalmist says, yeah, this stuff comes, but it doesn't... You can go through these things, but they don't have to have you. Right, exactly. exactly. They don't need to possess you. You know, one of the devotionals that I use uh, each morning... Uh, one of the phrases that really caught my eye today in the devotion I was reading is this. Jesus had to go through the cross to receive the crown. Mm-hmm. Why are we any different? Right. We are not. We have to go through our cross to receive the crown. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the same thing. You know, we were promised, and it's one of those promises, you know, of the... 8,000 promises in the Word of God. It's one of those promises we, don't, we wish God wouldn't keep, mm-hmm. and that is to promise you will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also promises that in that tribulation we will have peace too. 
mm-hmm. and we can have that peace. And the psalmist gives that to us. You know, there's a there's a proverb that I used last night for our devotional at, at the church, and it's found in Proverbs 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. All right? His name is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it, not alongside of it, not behind it, not in front of it. We run into it. Why? So that he can embrace us, that we would be safe. Mm-hmm. And even in the midst of the horrific trials that so many people um, are going through today, mm-hmm. we can know that we can have peace. And certainly, in my view at least, as I read verses 161 through 168, it seems to me that that is the emphasis that the psalmist is trying to make for us today. Right. That even though he was going through great persecution, mm-hmm. he had great peace. And we're going to find out how he had that peace mm-hmm. in this portion of Scripture. Um, I'm going to open in prayer and, and uh, just ask the Lord to bless our time, use it for his glory as we get into our discussion. Father God, we thank you that, Lord, you are our peace. Mm-hmm. And our peace is found in you. Lord, I, I, I think of what Jesus said, not the peace that the world gives do I give unto you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Because your peace is eternal. Your peace is everlasting. Your peace is steadfast. So Father God, we ask that as we talk about this today, that you would help us truly as your people to rest in your peace. So Father, be with Tim and I. Lord, help us, give us the words, give us the wisdom. But Father, for the listeners and those who will be watching, Father God, that you would touch every single heart that we would learn what it is to live in your peace. And Father, we're going to thank you in the name of Christ Jesus, our wonderful Lord. Amen. 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 Tim, would you read verses 161 through 168, please? Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Lord, I hope for your salvation, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. You know, Tim, as, as we look at verse 161 here, uh, uh, verse that was flashing through my mind as you were reading it is this is blessed are those who suffer for righteousness sake mm-hmm. and you know and in looking at verse 161 he says look princes have persecuted me but they don't have any reason to i haven't given them any reason to let me ask you who are watching or listening have you been persecuted have you been been caused trials and tribulations and and a difficult time for no reason? Hmm. Well, guess what? Jesus did. And you and I will too. But he says, blessed or contented are they who are persecuted for no cause. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that really upsets people is when you're telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And most people today do not want to hear truth. That's right. They'd rather live a lie. They'd rather... Um, uh, just kind of rest in a lie, mm-hmm. then know that the truth will set them free yep. and you will be free indeed. And mm-hmm. it seems to me the psalmist is saying that, look, princes have persecuted me. They don't have a reason for it. They have no cause for it. I haven't done anything to justify this, mm-hmm. but I'm being persecuted. And how many people today, how many Christians today are being persecuted in one way or another because just simply because of the life in which they're living. Mm-hmm. You know, they're living the truth. They're, they're standing for the truth. Mm-hmm. And people don't want to hear that today. No, no they don't. And, and I find it interesting that he addresses a specific people. It's princes. Yeah. It's not just evil, evil <coughs> ones, as he has mentioned before. He's actually pinpointing princes here. People in authority. Yep. Uh, people that hold a lot of power um, that are persecuting him. So this isn't even just... You're the average Joe. 
coming against him. Yep. This is people that have some clout. And so I'm, God, I've got the system coming against me. Yeah. And of course, one can even take this a step further and have to ask ourselves, is he even just referring to earthly princes? Or is he kind of almost making reference to uh, a passage that we actually hadn't been written yet, but would be, uh, would he be referencing that a little bit um, prophetically in a sense, yeah. uh, where it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and, and against powers that are not of this world. Yeah. And so is he identifying the fact that, look, there's a lot of things coming against me, but you know what? And, and it's coming against me because of some ruling authorities. Right. But the ruling authorities maybe are not necessarily even in this kingdom. They're from a spiritual kingdom. And my thoughts kind of go that way, because that's the only time that he really addresses these, this evil that's coming against him. The rest of the time, it's really about his response to where he is. And the fact that he's able to identify these princes, and, and it's probably both. It's probably the spiritual forces that he's identifying as well as earthly forces. But as you said, they're doing this. They have no cause to do it. God, there's no reason why I should have to do this. I'm trying to live according to your will. But his response is, but, and I know that's your favorite yeah, word. my favorite word. I love right? it. Yeah. My heart stands in awe of your word. So here you see a great parallel. My, even though all this stuff is coming against me, and even though I don't deserve this stuff because I'm trying to live rightly, that's not going to be my focus. My focus is going to be your word because when I'm focused on your word, I'm overcome with awe. I'm, I'm overcome with just this wonderment. Mm about how faithful you are and about how just you are and how much your love um, is always there for me and how your mercy endures forever, as we hear throughout a number of yep. Psalms. And you, you see this level of it, all this stuff coming against me, but here's where I find my strength. Here's where I find my stability. It's in you. It's in your word. And that's where I'm going to stay. You know, one of the things that I find interesting, Tim, in verse 161, is that it doesn't say, but my head stands in awe of you. Mm. You know, we call this program Heart Line for a Purpose mm -hmm. because it is in the heart mm -hmm. that we can know God. Yep. If we only know God in the head, then we don't know God. Right. And I really find it interesting that he goes and says, look, even when my head wants to go against all of this, mm -hmm. my head is, my mind, my intellect is always questioning or rationalizing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. No, when my heart is fixed on you, mm -hmm. then that makes it steadfast. And my heart is fixed on you so that I can stand in awe, just yeah. wonderment, just in looking and say, whoa, mm -hmm. what did you just pull off? What did you just do? Mm -hmm. how, how is it that, you know, I mean, this is beyond imagination, more than what my head can uh, um, comprehend mm -hmm. at all. So, you know, what is it, when, when you and I face struggles or are persecuted for an unknown reason, what does our head do? Our head tries to rationalize it, or our head tries to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But our heart, when our heart is fixed on him, there's no figuring out there. That mm -hmm. just says, rest in him. You know, mm -hmm. be still and know that I am God. Rest in me. Mm -hmm. You know, if I try to hit my head to learn to do that, it's a very hard thing for me to do. Well, how many times uh, in our growing up years did we find ourselves, uh, especially as you enter in the early teen years, asking the questions of, of other people? Because you begin to think about, you know, there's going to come a time in my life where, you know, people end up in relationships. But, you know, up until now, I've always thought of girls as you, you know, yeah. and now all of a sudden, how do you know? And, and we've all asked questions question to somebody, how do you know when you're in love? And what are we really asking? I want to know here, how, how will I know to identify? Right. How will I understand when I'm in love? And what's people's response always? Oh, you'll just know. Yeah. And that didn't make much sense to us growing up. But what were they really saying? They weren't saying that you'll know here. They're saying that when that time comes, when you find yourself drawn to another, your heart knows. You know, it's not something you can explain to somebody that hasn't experienced it until they have identified it, until it has touched them at the very core of who they are. There's no way to understand it. Um, but you have to be willing to put this aside 
and allow this to step forward. And, and it's not that we check our brains at the door. That's not what we're saying, right? There, there comes a point where we do want to try to understand who God is and all that kind of stuff. But you'll never love God from this point only. It can't happen. Right. It's got to happen here, just like it does with people, because God is a person. He's a right. perfect one. You know, he is the perfect one, capital O, right? But it's still, it's a relationship. And so for him to be able to get to this point of being able to say that his heart stands in awe, what he's really communicating is, I've got a relationship here with the one who spoke these words. It's not the fact that I'm looking at my circumstances, trying to figure out and, and trying to do warn my brain by trying just to call scripture verses to remembrance. It's deeper than that. It's I'm allowing the, the relationship that I know I have with my Lord to define what it is I'm going through right now. I think there's something, Tim, that you and I need to really make sure that everybody understands is that this is really applied to those who have an intimate relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Because so many in the world today will say, well, let your heart be your guide. Mm. Well, there's a problem to that if they don't know Jesus Christ. Right. Why? Because the scripture also tells us that our heart is desperately wicked and mm -hmm. who can know it. And therefore, this is only in relationship to those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Right. Because he comes into the heart and that is where he reigns. That's where he lives. That's where he abides. Yeah. So um, as I look at this, you know, the psalmist is looking through it through the eyes of a person in a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. That way, that's why he's able to say, my heart stands in awe of you. Right. Now, if you don't have a relationship with God, then uh, you have to be very, very careful with following your heart mm -hmm. because your heart is desperately wicked mm -hmm. and who can know it? Yeah. You know, but for those of us who know Christ as Savior, then God has taking his throne and put his throne room in the heart so mm -hmm. that he can move from there. Right. That is where, in my view, that is where the difference is mm -hmm. for the believer exactly. and the non-believer. Exactly. Right? So, you know, just to give that caution mm -hmm. that uh, if you're a non-believer and you want to let your heart run your life, be very, very careful because um, that can lead you astray just like your mind can, just mm -hmm. like your intellect can. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that word right after the word heart. He says, my heart what? Stands. Stands. It's planted. Yep. It's firm. It's steadfast. Where? In your word. Yeah. In, in who? And of course, we know, according to John chapter 1, what's the word? The, in, the word was in the beginning. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word became flesh. And that is Jesus Christ. Right. Right. So, you know, just, just for that. So, princes have persecuted me. So, this is not something that he's anticipating. Mm-hmm. This is something which he is now currently going through. Right. Okay, or has been through. So mm -hmm. he does that, and he says, without a cause, but my favorite word in all scripture, but my heart. Why? Because I have a relationship with God, and I think he was anticipating, as in Old Testament mm -hmm. saints were doing, they were anticipating the Messiah coming, mm -hmm. which he did in the New Testament. So they were looking forward to the Messiah coming. We're looking forward to the Messiah coming a second time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're looking forward for him to come the first time. Yeah. And, and therefore he has that. Therefore he goes and says, I stand in awe. And, and I love that. That's just, it's, it's beyond me. How can mm -hmm. I have peace in the midst of great persecution? How can those families in Texas, for example, have great peace in the fact that, you know, 19 babies were, were killed, mm -hmm. you know, little kids were killed. Um, needlessly, senselessly, horrifically, um, yet we pray for the families to have peace. Mm. How can they know peace? Only through Jesus Christ, who is the Prince mm -hmm. of Peace, can they know peace, mm -hmm. you know, uh, through this horrific act. And, and the psalmist says that he can do it, though he was being persecuted mm -hmm. for no cause. These families were persecuted for no cause, mm -hmm. no reasonable answer, yet they can know peace just like the psalmist can. Mm -hmm. So well, we pray for those people. We, we really go before the throne of God. Last night during prayer meeting, we spent a lot of our prayer meeting time specifically for that. 
-hmm. you know, Lord God, just touch these families. Because, you know, as a human being, as a man, I look at it and say, if anything scares me, that's what it does, mm -hmm. right? And so therefore. But he also goes in verse 162, not only do I stand in awe of your word, but because I stand in awe of your word, I rejoice at your word. Mm -hmm. Because I know it's true. I know it's written by God. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely written. And, you know, I read a, I read a statement, Tim, um, yesterday, I think it was, A.T. Robinson, um, a great man of God, a great preacher of God, says, and I know I'm probably not going to quote it perfectly, but forgive me, Pastor Robinson, um, but the sense of what he was saying is you know that the Word of God is an infallible Word of God because it has put up with so much preaching. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, and I looked at that at first. I said, what does he say? He's saying, hey, you know something? You know, we have, you know, men in, in days past and today, you know, they twist the Word of God and they make it say what they want it to say and, and all of this, yet the Word of God has mm -hmm. withstood so much preaching. Mm -hmm. Good preaching, bad preaching, you know, mm -hmm. has withstood it and it still is firm today. That's right. And the psalmist is going, I rejoice at thy word. Mm -hmm. um, we can do that today. Yes. Of course, how, why was he able to rejoice at his word? <laughs> he says later on there, as one who finds great treasure. So it's not just the fact that it's written by God. It's the fact that it's written by God. This is priceless. Yep. This has come from the lips of he who created time and space. Yep. And everything that we know, everything that exists, he is the one who has written these words. And it is he who th thinks good thoughts towards me. It is he who has fashioned me and formed me from the beginning of time. He understands that... To the, the Word of God itself is a treasure. To live a life that is pleasing to God is priceless. And so if you kind of combine this with the previous verse, I have, in your Word, I have found great treasure, but yet there's persecution that comes. There, there's opposition that wants to come my way, that forces me, using that verse that you had shared before, to have to flee yeah. to the strong tower. It. Yeah. into it. Why do I do that? Because for me, if I've got a great treasure, I'm willing to protect that at all costs. You know, and I don't care what comes against me, I am going to protect that treasure if it's that priceless to me. And all of a sudden now, I don't care so much. I mean, I, I wish I wasn't receiving opposition, but I know it's a proven fact. If I have a treasure, somebody's going to want to try to steal it. Yep. And of course, well, we John know from 10, Scripture, 10. right, John that 10, 10. the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right. right? But Jesus came to give us life that we may have it to the full, right? Um, but that's the enemy's purpose. And so he's understanding that the fact that your word has been spoken, that has been given to me as a treasure, I have a treasure, someone is going to come against me because of that. And if not Satan directly, he's going to use some other people to come against me, to try to rob me of that very treasure, which is found in your word. But the thing is, how priceless is that to me? Is it so priceless to me that I really don't care what comes against me? The treasure is where my focus yeah. is. Yeah. And that's basically why I hear him saying here is, God, you're going to remain my focus. Come what may. It, it, it's a given fact. It's not a matter of if, but when stuff is going to come at me. Right. But when it does man, this is worth so much to me, I'm not going to let anybody take it. You know, I, I have a lot of very wonderful, vivid memories of my trips to Peru. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but there's one memory that, that stands out uh, above everyone, everyone else, is we were uh, in the villages in Peru outside of Lima, and we had um, boxes, cases of Bibles, and we started giving up Bibles. And a couple of the natives there, a couple of the people in there, when you handed them a Bible, all they could do is take it and hold it to their breast like this and, and not want to let it go. It was, to them, it was their treasure. It was something that was dear to their heart. And they, oh, I finally have the Word of God. I mean, I hear it, you know, I listen to it, but I don't have one. Now I have one. Mm. 
you know, or or back in the olden days where, you know, they would have to pass out Bibles and tear out pages and memorize those pages, you know, and then pass it along to the next person. That was a treasure. I think we have become so familiar with it that we no longer treasure it. Yeah. You know, um, but we need to really learn to treasure God's Word. Mm -hmm. And I think even more so today because, you know, so many homes, almost every (coughs) home has a Bible. In fact, last study I had heard, they said the average home has at least seven Bibles. And now even in our day where when I was growing up, you had to go buy one. Yep. I can now download it to my phone or to my tablet free of charge. Yep. And I, and that, but I think that in some ways, with that ease of access, there's become a flippancy yep. towards the value of it. That because it's free to get, that really we've placed that kind of a value on it. But the thing is, it's priceless. Yep. You know, and, and we need to get back to the point of understanding this is more than words on a page. This is not good philosophy or even good theology. It's the voice and the heart of God being relayed to his creation. Yep. You know, I, I, and this is probably not a very good illustration, but, but it's something I want to, back when I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old, whatever it was, I was just a young guy many, many moons ago. Um, I had the privilege of meeting Kyle Skremsky, hmm. uh, the great uh, Red Sox player. Um, and he was like an idol to me. I mean, I was a boy, and I was, wow, you know, here's the great Kyle Skremsky, or the great Ted Williams. And he wrote on a baseball to Harold from Yaz. And I remember just treasuring. I mean, you know, wow, the great Yaz gave me this baseball, and, and it was on my dresser for years, and never, you know, wow, the Yaz said to Harold, I mean, he knew who I was just for an instant, but he knew who I was. Mm-hmm. If I can do that with something as tangible, and I still have the ball, by the way, something as tangible as that, how much more should I do something, uh, have that awe and that mm-hmm. rejoicing in the Word of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even with that, such a great example, because <clears throat> the truth of the matter is, as much as you treasure that, yeah. I, I can almost guarantee you, and I know you could probably say the same thing, if you were to go up to Yaz today, <laughs> right? Yeah. He'd be like, who's Harold? Yeah, yeah. You know? I never oh, met you before. I, I never. Right. He probably wouldn't remember. But to you, like I said, it had that level of impact. Now, like I said, we've got God writing on our baseball. Yeah. But here's the cool thing. Even after all these years, I go to God. He knows me by name. Not only that, he knows the number of each and every hair on my head, Scripture tells me. That's no one's, yeah, quite a few less. (laughs) My wife doesn't even know how many hairs I got, right? Nor has she numbered them, okay, as much as she loves me. So think about that. Yeah. You know, that's taking Yaz to a whole new level. Oh, yeah. You know, we have a God that didn't only write to us, but now we can go to him and he'll be like, yes, Harold, talk to me. Let's have a moment. You know, and how awesome is that? That is. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. And, and, you know, that was just one of the, you know, one of the highlights of my young life, I guess, Mm -hmm. that I looked at it and I, you know, I just, wow, you know, the Yaz. So, but how much more so the word of God how much more so the God of the Word? Mm-hmm. Do I stand in awe of Him, and can I rejoice in Him yeah. because of who He is? And as you say, I mean, this is not just a, a, a you know, a moment thing where and for a moment He says, hi, Harold, and then forget me. No, this is an eternal thing where God says, oh, Harold, I remember you. I know you. Mm-hmm. I know you. I know everything about you. I made you, mm-hmm. you know. And I know everything about you. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Harold, there's going to come a day. See, when you came into this earth, your parents named you. But when you come into my kingdom, I'm going to give you a new name. That's right. I'm going to name you personally. Yeah. You know, yeah. and how, again, how awesome to have a God that wants to have that kind of investment in yeah. us. You know, then it seems like he switches gears just for a moment. You know, he's standing in awe. He's rejoicing. And then he says, but if there's anything that, that really turns my stomach, or if there's anything that breaks my heart, 
is mm -hmm. a lying lips, lying tongue. Mm -hmm. I hate and abhor lying. Now, a lot of people will look at us today and say, well, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to hate. But we are supposed to hate sin. Absolutely. You know, and, and not the sinner, but mm -hmm. the sin. And he doesn't mention the sinner here. He mentions mm -hmm. the sin. Yep. I hate and abhor lying. Yeah. Boy, to, you know, and, and, and I don't know if it's any worse today than it's ever been, but it certainly, certainly seems to be that lying seems to be the norm and telling the truth is the abnormal. Mm -hmm. And we've got to get back to telling the truth and hating lying, yeah. you know. And so the psalmist goes and says, I hate. He's making a declaration. Mm -hmm. I hate lying. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to get back there. Absolutely. To where we need to, to love the truth. I abhor lying. Excuse me, but the law, thy law, right? And he even says thy law, so it's mm -hmm. God's law. Thy law do I love. Why? Because I know it's truth. Mm -hmm. I know it's truth. Yeah. Nothing God has given to us is a lie. Nothing God has given mm -hmm. to us is, is uh, questionable. It is all truth. Mm -hmm. His law is truth. The word of God is truth. Jesus Christ is truth. Mm -hmm. I am the way, the truth. Yeah. You know, he is truth. So therefore, we need to get back to loving God's law. You know, so many people, you know, and, and with the horrific thing that happened yesterday, and, and so many people saying, well, you've got to have gun laws, you've got to have that. No, what we've got to do is we've got to get back to the heart. Mm -hmm. That is where the problem is. That is where the sin is. That is where... Um, um, the hatred comes from. Yep. I've never seen a gun hate me. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a gun kill me. It is the person behind it. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is, wait a minute, we need to hate lying. Mm -hmm. We need to hate hate mm -hmm. and to love truth. That's what right. we need to do. We need to do that. Mm -hmm. Verse 64. And, and I love it because in, in chapter 155, he goes and, and continually says three times, three times, three times. Now all of a sudden, in 164, he says, by the way, seven times. Mm -hmm. Seven is what? Perfection. Completeness. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm almost looking at 164 and saying, I am not complete in a day's time unless I praise you that many times. Mm -hmm. How many of us take time, especially seven times? Lord, I want to just praise you. Mm -hmm. You know, last night at prayer meeting, and we do this every prayer meeting, is we make sure that we give time just simply for praises. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we can rightly pray to God without praising him. That's right. You know, um, and so we need to do that. The psalmist goes and says seven times a day. Mm -hmm. Not seven times a year. Yep. Seven times a day do I praise thee. Why? Because of your righteous judgments. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that I stand back and I reflect upon mm -hmm. who you are. I reflect on what you have done. Mm -hmm. I look at what you have done. The last number of, of weeks, people have made great reference. Of course, here, you know, we only have a very short window of spring and summer up here where we are. So, <clears throat> you know, what people are, are mentioning, uh, it just seems to be greener. But of course, when we, when we come to know Christ as Savior, green becomes more green. Blue becomes more blue. It, mm -hmm. just, it seems to like radiate a lot more. While well, people have been looking at it and saying, you know, I wake up to the birds chirping now. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, that's beautiful. It's been so silent all winter long, and now the birds are chirping. Or, or I saw a deer run across the you know, yard the other mm -hmm. day. Or, or just the beauty of what God has given to us. Mm -hmm. You know, and the psalmist is doing that. Seven times a day. Yeah. What I love about that is notice how he doesn't say that there, there's no stipulations. It's seven times a day. He doesn't say what day. Every day. Right. Even this day in the midst of princes persecuting him. Yep. You know what? Even today, seven times a day. Now, here's the interesting thing to challenge us here, especially in America. We're, most Christians today, their idea of praising God is once every seven days yep. when they go to church. Right. And we'll give God the praise, and then we, we leave church, and we feel like, there, I've done my thing. Yep. 
We go home. We don't open, my quota. We don't open our Bible again. You know, we, maybe we'll listen to a little Christian radio or something, but it's background noise. It's not really worship. It's not really paying attention, really feasting on the Word. It's just noise. Yeah. You know, it's Christian noise, but it's still just noise. Right. Um, but our idea of really praising is once every seven days. This man is seven times in one day. Right. Now, if you break that down, the average person is awake 14 hours a day. That means once every two hours. Yeah. He's taking time out of his schedule to praise God, yeah. to shift his focus off the stuff going on and moving it heavenward. Well, I got too much to do. I can't do that. Maybe if we did that, we'd find God making our time more productive, yeah. you know? And so, but what would happen if we, each and every one of us, took, even if it was only five short minutes, and five minutes is not that long, five minutes every two hours to make a deliberate attempt to praise God, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in song, which is hopefully a, a song yeah. to God, right? Um, but if we did that, in fact, I would even challenge everybody watching or listening. I challenge you for the next week, take five minutes every two hours just to praise God, not to ask him for anything, just to praise him for right. who he is. Yep. Not even praise him for what he's done. Just praise him for who he is. Five minutes every two hours for the next week. And I'd be interested to hear, and I hope that you would, you know, go to our Facebook page or our YouTube page. Let us know if you've taken that challenge. And go ahead and share with us if you noticed a difference in your day yep. as far as how it went. Maybe it was just in your outlook on the day. You know, but let us know uh, what transpired through that. You know, and, and I love that challenge. Now, let's go back to the first four verses that we've looked at, 61 through 64, 161 through 164. He starts in awe, then he rejoices, then he sees what is wrong and hates that, that is wrong, but mm -hmm. then he praises for seven days, for seven times a day. Yeah. And then what comes next? Peace. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? to be able to look at God in great awe and say, wow. I mean, just, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when we stand before him that day, I think the first word that's going to come out of my mouth is, wow. You know, I mean, this is better than I expected. This is more mm -hmm. um, glorious than I expected. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I read, read in your word, but I can't, couldn't possibly picture mm -hmm. what it's going to be like to be there before Jesus Christ and have him say to me, as we have already discussed, mm -hmm. Harold, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. I mean, does it get any better than that? Right. It just doesn't. And we find, wait a minute, if I can live that way, then I will have great peace. Mm -hmm. 165, not just simple peace, you know, not just simply a word, peace. Mm -hmm. No, great peace. What does that mean? Overwhelming peace. Mm -hmm. Peace that you do not understand. Peace that you cannot comprehend. Peace that you cannot, you know, you stand back and you say, wow, how did I make it through that trial? Mm -hmm. And do it so calmly. Be able to do it with, with no bitterness in my heart or no anger in my heart, but just simply with peace. Mm -hmm. God, you're in charge. God, yeah. you do it. You know, great peace have they. So it's not only for him, mm -hmm. but it's something that all of us can attain. Right. Great peace have they in his stipulation. What do I have to do? I need to love your law. Mm -hmm. I need to love your law. I need to love the word of God and the God of the word. That's what I need to love. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, Patty and I, it's very soon, we'll be celebrating our 50th anniversary. Mm. You know, so we've known each other for 52 years. And I love her with all my life. But you know something? And she knows this, and I know what about her, is, but she's not the greatest love of my life. Mm -hmm. The greatest love of my life is Jesus Christ. Yep. And what he's done for me in God's word. Mm -hmm. She would say the very same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I love my husband to pieces, but the greatest love of my life is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And how many of us can really say that? We, right. we really need to learn to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. Why? Because great peace have they that do what? Love 
thy mm-hmm. law. You know, it become that great price or that precious mm-hmm. jewel, as in 162. Mm-hmm. You know, that, man, I, you know, I just, I want to guard this with everything I've got. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so precious and, and, and there's no price to it. Yeah. It's priceless. Well, that's what Jesus Christ, or, yeah, that's who Jesus Christ is in our hearts and mm-hmm. lives. He's our precious jewel. And his word that he's given to us as his word, mm-hmm. not words of men, not just parts of God's word. No, this is God's word that he's given to us. We had mm-hmm. better guard it. That's it. With everything we have. Yeah. And when we do, it goes on then to say that what? Nothing, absolutely zippo, causes them to stumble. Yeah. So when we choose to make him our total focus, and and we choose to be deliberate about it, and his peace will come to the point that we won't stumble. Now, the interesting thing here, it doesn't say that we won't feel hurt. It doesn't mean that we won't experience pain. We're going to experience those things. But will we stumble in that? And there was a movie, and for the life of me, I cannot... And it wasn't a Christian film by any stretch of the imagination, but I can't remember the title of it, but it was a true life story of a man who was an, um, who became a prisoner of war. And the Japanese commander was really making life very, very difficult for him. And um, to the point where he had to uh, receive a certain punishment where he had to not drop this beam. But he did everything against that man to make him drop it. But you know what, despite the pain, and you could see the expression on his face and everything, there was this determination, and he never let go. He, he never wavered. Was there, could, could you see the strain a little bit on the muscles? Yes, but you know what, he unwavered. Mm-hmm. You, you could see it, even, even though in some ways it, it taxed his abilities, it seemed, to the nth degree. He was never more firm at holding that. In fact, it seemed like with every beating he got, he became even more firm yep. in, in standing true. And, and that's kind of what I'm hearing in this, that when, I, when your peace comes, you know what, people, I, I can be beaten with rods and all the suffering come against me, but you know what? There's a peace. There's a steadfastness that comes. Even the misfit, there's something about that that makes me want to even be more steadfast because I understand the pricelessness. I see the value of your word. I see how it strengthens me. I see how it shields me. And you know what? I'm not going to let it go. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a book, and, and I probably, I know I've mentioned it on this pro- broadcast many, many times, and I know I've mentioned it at CCC many, many times, but probably one of my favorite all-time books is Fox's Book of Martyrs. Mm. And one of the reasons that that is my favorite of favorite books, other than the Word of God, my favorite of favorite, is because you saw how each of these people who were martyred for their faith were able to stand fast, not Mm -hmm. wavering, even, (coughs) even in the midst of death. And it's not just a quick death. Many of them were burned at the stake. Many of them had hot oil poured over them. Many of them were skinned alive. Mm-hmm. Yet they would not waver. If anything, as you said, it seems like their resolve became greater and greater and greater. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the Word of God became even more precious, and the God of the Word became even more precious to them as they were facing, facing such torture. Well, that's what we need to do. Yep. That's how, that is the resolve that we as today's Christians need. And, and be honest with you, I, I really think we're lacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a buddy who has now gone to glory, but he was a missionary pastor in India, a native Indian. And we were, he was around here in the States for a while and, and came and visited us. And we were out driving and I, you know, I was saying, hey, the caddy, you know, I just want you to know, our church prays for you guys all the time, and our church is, you know, really, you're at the top of the list for our prayer time. And he started kind of laughing, and he says, well, Pastor, he says, I want to tell you that your church and the American church is at the top of our list, too. I said, oh, that is absolutely wonderful. He says, well, you may not think it's so wonderful. Because what I'm praying is that the American church knows what it is to be a persecuted church. 
Because when the American church becomes a persecuted church, then they will know what it is to stand on the truth of the word of God. Mm. Like the Indian church. We're a persecuted church. That's why the word of God holds so much more value to us. That's why the God of the word holds so much more value to us. Why? Because despite the persecution, we are steadfast Mm. in our resolve to embrace Jesus Christ. And And that's the real deal. And that's the real deal. So he says, you know, when I tell you I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you that you learn what it is to be persecuted. Mm. And I said, whoa, if that that wasn't profound, Mm. you know, as he was sharing with me, and he was sharing it with tears, you know, as he was sharing it with me, Mm -hmm. that, you know, because the American church really needs to know what it is to be the church. Mm -hmm. And so we have that right here. So we have great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Mm-hmm. 166, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation. And the word hope means I have longed for it. I'm steadfast mm-hmm. in it. I can't wait for it. Mm-hmm. And I hope, you know, that's what he means by hope. It's not this wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times when we say, well, I hope it doesn't rain today. That's wishful thinking. No, he's not talking about wishful thinking. He's talking about an assurance. He's talking about a surety that I have in your salvation. I know that I have your salvation today, even though I'm living, I'm alive on earth, but I also know that there's a salvation coming to me that I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. I have hoped, or I ha- yeah, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he knows that in his relationship with Jesus Christ, that he will one day be able to stand before him mm-hmm. and have Jesus say to him, you have done well. Mm-hmm. You know, why? Because I've kept your law. To the best of my ability. I'm a man. Yeah. I'm a frail. I sin. But to the best of my ability, I have kept your law. Mm-hmm. I have stood in awe of you. I rejoice in you. I praise mm-hmm. you. I hate what you hate. Mm-hmm. And I love what you love. Right. Um, you know. Right. And those words all come down to heart things. Yeah. It's not that sometimes in our actions we don't <laughs> miss the mark. But just like kids, you know, there's times when we're growing up, we're disobedient to our parents. It doesn't mean we hate them. Yep. It just means at the moment we lost sight yep. for a little bit. But at the very heart of who we are, we loved our parents. Yeah. You know? And it's the same thing here. And I hear him identifying this, that here's where my heart is, right? Right from the, I said, right from that first verse, all the way through this concept of heart standing in awe, this concept of uh, rejoicing, um, this aspect of loving your law, this aspect of uh, where his praise is coming from and the great peace, that's all heart stuff. That's not action-based. And, you know, we, and we have that, and Colin just gave us a signal, but we have that in 167. When he talked about my soul, that means in the very depth of who I am. Mm-hmm. Not just a head knowledge, not something that's going to be fleeting. Right. You know, the next time a problem comes. No, this is from the very depth of who I mm-hmm. am. The very depth of who I am, I have kept your testimonies, and I love them. And I love the next word, mm-hmm. exceedingly. Yeah. Just beyond the mere saying, I love you. You know, um, you know, I can say to people, I love you, but do my actions prove it? Mm-hmm. Have they seen it put into action? Mm-hmm. What it's are you the, saying? It's the word we get our word excellence from. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's loving him with excellence. Right. right. You know, so he goes. So once again, you, you follow through 161 to 168. You find that in this, this is where he finds peace in the time of trouble. Mm-hmm. 168, I have kept. That is an affirmation. That is a proclamation. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before you. God, I can say that, but guess what? You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's the one who keeps the record books. That's right. And he's perfect. Yeah. And he can stand before God and say, God, I can make this proclamation, mm-hmm. and I can make it before you because you have the record, mm-hmm. and you're going to stand fast yeah. on that. I'm not saying things to try to pull the wool over your nope. eyes, God, because you already see. I'm, you just, already know. I'm just proclaiming what you already know. You and already know. And, and you know, that is the, that is the mature man. You know, we use the word perfect, but that is the mature man or the mature person mm-hmm. is saying, wow, what I do, God sees, God knows. He has it all written down. Mm-hmm. 
and I can stand before him one day and know that I'm going to do it with hit with a smile on his face. That's right. And that's what we want to do. And that should bring us great peace. I'm Pastor Harold Noyes, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We are located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. Um, we have morning worship at 9.30. We'd love to have you, if you're in the area, stop in and say hi. Worship with us. Rejoice in Christ with us. We also have an evening service, Sunday night, 6 p.m., and we'd love to have you, <coughs> excuse me, once again join with us for that. It's a less formal service, um, a service where, where uh, you know, we sing praises, we, we sing the old hymns, we sing choruses, we, you know, just a time of rejoicing in Christ, and then, of course, a message from the Word of God. So come on out to Athens. We'd love to see you. We'd love to have you say, hey, I saw you on Hotline Ministry, and I hope you enjoy it. If you're in the Charlestown, New Hampshire area, we'd love to see you over at Life on Main. We meet at the Charlestown Senior Center at 223 Old Springfield Road there in Charlestown. Every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, we have a coffee hour at 10 just to be able to get to know one another, to be able to uplift each other, um, and even pray for one another. Uh, and so we invite you to be part of our services there. We'd love to have you. Um, you can also find, I know Harold's services are on his Facebook page. Ours is also on ours. If you go to, um, I believe, your Community Christian Church of Vermont. Of Athens. Uh, of Athens. Of Athens. Um, on, on Facebook. We're simply Life on Main um, on Facebook. So you can tune into our services there if you want to kind of get a little bit of an idea before you even show up. But we would love to get to know you. And uh, so come on out. We also have cottage prayer meetings at our house uh, on Wednesday nights. Uh, that is open to not just our church, but anyone uh, from any Bible-believing church. If you want to come and just seek God on behalf of your community, we just want to join our hearts together. It's not about making you part of life on Maine. We just want to be able to come and join our hearts uh, and bring our needs for our communities before the throne of God together. Uh, so that meets at the Abundant Life Center, which is also our house at 276 Main Street there in Charlestown. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to Heartline Ministries. We thank, of course, FACT TV and the staff here, especially Colin and Alex, who do so much to make this program possible. And so thank you guys. Uh, but also, uh, you can see us on their website at factthenumber8.com. Find our episodes there. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash heartlineministries, as well as on our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash heartlineministries. As of this week, we are now also on the new social media platform, Truth Social. And so if you go there to truthsocial.com slash at symbol heartline ministries, uh, you will find all of the broadcasts there as well, at least as of the last few weeks. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh, Hope to see you on one of those social media platforms. But again, if you've taken us up on that challenge that we mentioned about today, you know, every couple hours for the next week, take time out just to praise God. Let us know the what took place in your life as a result of doing that by commenting on any of those social media pages. We'd love to hear from you. Great. And we want to thank you so much for watching Hotline Ministry. <laughs>